I check one too. Can you hear me? Alright, what's up guys? This is another Humble Podcast, Brag Podcast. This is Zachary Pui speaking. And uh, how you doing? I'm doing my best Bill Burr impersonation right here. I'm just checking in on ya. <laughs> so, uh... Man, what a time to be alive right now. Right? You know? It's, um... It's fucking crazy right now. It is... What is today? Almost June 1st? Was it the 31st or 30th? It is May 31st of 2020. And I feel like this year is just... We can't even call this a year. (laughs) It's not even... It's been more like a disaster of a year. So... Can we just, like, skip over to 2021? You know? Maybe. But, so, right now everyone's protesting, and guys, I get it. I understand why they're protesting. You know? Because I've had a couple of bad experiences with cops. But on the other hand, why are you destroying your town's buildings that you communicate not communicate but that you can you go to frequently you know what's going to happen in six months when you need to go to CVS and get some medicine Uh, it's not there anymore because you decided to burn it fucking to the ground now that isn't to say they don't have a right to peacefully march or whatever you know everyone's looting stuff right now me and a friend were talking just a couple minutes ago, and she she told me that she saw people rooting a, a, a Ross. First of all, <laughs> my opinion, if you're going to loot somewhere, why a Ross of all places? That, that's I feel like that's like looting like a, a thrift store, <laughs> like, you know? Like, it's, that'd be like looting a Dollar Tree, a Dollar Tree, and right next door is a Target. Like, why would you loot the Dollar Tree? <laughs> why wouldn't you just go for, you know, big bucks? <laughs> if, if I'm not saying I would, this is, you know, but if, if I was going to loot somewhere, I would totally loot a jewelry store or a, a, a store that sells, like, high-end shoes, or, you know, stuff that, are, that is resale value that you can be, like, on Facebook Marketplace next week. I'm sure that shit's going to be popping next week. You feel me? It's definitely going to be hitting hard. So, it, it, the crazy thing is also that where's no one said a word about COVID 19 throughout the media. Where did it where did it go? It disappeared. You know, and plus, I'll, also, I'm in a state where, like, we started opening up again. And. I, I feel like. People are almost being controlled by the media of how to think and how to feel. So, you know, and I'm not one of those big-ass conspiracy theorists type of per- person. But you, you got to kind of side with, with that because n- not a word of COVID is being brought to our attention anymore. It's all about the looting and the rioting and the protests and Yes, I understand. I understand why they're protesting. I get it. 
you know, I've not been racially profiled ever, like, by a cop. I've been racially profiled as a honky before by black people, but it's a pretty funny word, I think. <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest of words to be called as a honky. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I understand why they're angry. I get it. it it's it's not rocket scientists to understand and be a compassionate human that that man did not deserve to die like that he uh especially when he told the cop multiple times hey i can't breathe you know don't don't keep you putting your fucking knee on his neck that's a lot of weight you know a lot of dead weight just on on your neck i understand you know I've taken a couple of jiu-jitsu classes before, and um, I was listening to Rogan, Joe Rogan the other day, and he's like, he said, yeah, he understands, um, he understands, like, yeah, go, go ahead and, go ahead and, like, detain the guy if he needed to be detained, but put your knee on his back, and don't put it on his neck, which, you know, if anything... Put him in cuffs. Put him in the back back seat of the patrol car. You know. But. So yes. I, I understand why people are. Are mad. And angry about the situation. You know. But. Why are you going to. Why are you going to destroy your hometown. The place that you. You go to frequently. To you know. To get groceries. To buy. Uh. TVs or you know anything that you need, well that's gone now. You know sports bars. I was watching the news the other day, or last night, and they destroyed this this guy's sports bar that he built himself. It was a black guy too. He owned a sports bar, and they destroyed everything. They destroyed everything. Took the safe and just ran off with it. Like that's. That's that dude's livelihood. That's how he feeds his family. Don't, don't go doing that, especially right after everything was shut down and he couldn't be open because of the COVID nineteen, and now you just destroyed his whole life savings. That's got to be tough. That's got to be so tough to emotionally try to even come back from that you know I, I couldn't imagine that so my condolences out to him but you know my condolences also out to George Floyd he uh he didn't deserve to die like that not not one bit that was that was very uncalled for and I understand being a cop is not the easiest job in the world don't get me wrong you know that's not to say though that there aren't a few bad apples in those bunch because there's a few bad apples in every profession you know I don't know where y'all work but y'all have had I'm sure a run in with pieces of shit people and you know cops are just humans too they're just there they're doing their job and they face a lot of liars and criminals every single day when they pull someone over you know it, it's got to be scary terrifying for them 
So, you know, I've met a lot of cool cops in my life. I've met a lot of great cops that were awesome, amazing people. I've also met a couple shitty ones that have been really douchey to me or other people for no reason. So, you know, I'm not, not, that's not saying I know where, uh, I know where they're coming from being racially profiled because I honestly have never experienced that in my life. So, but let's just, let's just keep, you gotta be a good human. You gotta be a good human. Especially after the whole country was shut down for two months. You gotta be a good human. You, you can't be a shitty person. It's, it's tough times, you know. It, it, tough times, people do desperate things, I believe. And at what point, at what point do you, I don't want to say point the finger, but at what point do you go ballistic? Meaning people have been locked down in their houses for two months, just antsy, ready to go outside, ready to, to do something. And then this video pops up of this unjustified, unjustified murder, I'm going to call it. Of course they're going to get angry. A lot of people are going to get really, really mad about this. Uh, understandably. But we got to stick together as a country. You know, we got to, we got to change some of the system. I believe, I think there should be, um, more, a better training of being a, a, a police officer in the United States of America. Um, I went over to Europe for a couple of years and their police officers were very, very different than what we have over here. They were more helpful in a sense, meaning, like, yeah, you might have got pulled over for, like, speeding or something, but they, they weren't, um, as tough on their people, and they were there to help and protect, you know, like, I, say, for instance, I've been driving here in Texas, and you would see someone with a, uh, a flat tire you know and I've seen cops just pass them up and I've helped I had to help the, the, the person get the tire back on you know put a new tire on over there they will help you no matter what they actually I feel like they actually care about their citizens not to say that not all the cops do here because I've met a bunch of cops here in the United States that actually care about people and want to want to do right. But I think a lot of people um, group them all into one one aspect of it. So like they'll just say, "Oh, all cops are bad. Fuck the popo. Fuck fuck twelve. You know, they're not all bad guys. Trust me, they're not." 
but there are a lot of cops that abuse their power. And how do you, my question to you guys is how do you, how do you pick out the bad ones? Meaning there has to be some sort of better training and more of a background check to become a police officer, I feel like. You know, that guy, that that, that cop that, that murdered that guy, George Floyd, he shouldn't have ever even been considered to be a cop. Not one bit, you know. And I hear from what I've read on Facebook, I hear from what I read on Facebook, they are trying to charge him with third degree murder because if they tried to charge him with first degree murder they wouldn't have enough evidence in court which I don't understand that because the video is in plain sight of him just not even listening to nobody or even George saying I can't breathe you know officer please I know he was doing that in the most nicest tone I could even imagine because if you've ever had someone put like their knee on your neck you you can't breathe most people would freak out more than he did honestly and it's a sad situation it's terrible i understand where a lot of the 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 anger comes from but at the same time don't destroy your community's people don't destroy. There's got to be a better way than to destroy the the places you frequent the most. There has to be. So, but on a lighter note, um, I guess COVID just disappeared. <laughs> I guess it's gone. Just out of the blue now. <laughs> right? Where is it at? So we opened up in Texas. We opened up um, a couple weeks ago. And... Even before opening up, like, I live in Houston, so I got to see the majority of people, like, still out and about, like, nothing was going on, you know, like, it didn't even exist, (laughs) and it was funny because you would drive to Walmart or even Lowe's, uh, you know, like, the hardware store, Home Depot, places like that, and they would be packed, I'm talking packed you couldn't even find a parking spot more than they normally would be without the COVID so people were obviously out and about and look I'm not saying it's not a real disease because it is I'm not you know it's it is deadly for quite a bit of people but if you look at the statistics of the flu it it the ratio is about the same per year now it's only happened here for a couple months the the disease but you know it's not as bad as they anticipated it to be so i mean i get i understand their precautions and why they did shut down the country you know because everybody was freaking out it's a new disease oh what do we do how what do we how do we prepare for this we don't want millions of people to die so they probably went a little overboard i feel like but 
you know, no one's ever been through this in our lifetime, you know, this is the first that we've ever been through any kind of situation like this, I feel like, so, you know, all we can do right now is to just, just stay humble, you guys, and try to stay peaceful throughout this whole time, you know, that's my feelings on it, personally, um, man, I wish, I miss sports, that's one thing that I do miss is like sports. So like a couple things are coming back. We got, you know, NASCAR's back. We got Korean baseball's back, you know. <laughs> I can only imagine like the 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 general gamblers that are in Vegas, they're just losing their fucking minds right now that are that usually bet on sports. So I'm assuming that they would be betting on Korean baseball right now. I would if I was like a gambler. Korean baseball would be my shit, but I don't know, I miss, I miss sports, and uh, I can't wait for football season, basketball, just to, just to get rid of the, I don't want to say monotony, but get, get rid of everybody that's on edge, you know, sports are, they have a, a entertainment value, you know, because, I don't know about you guys, but I, it's really hard to sit back and watch the news 24-7. It, it, it's it's depressing as fuck. Really depressing. Like, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too much negativity, so. And for a long time, I never even watched the news. Because it was just, it was always like, oh, someone got murdered here, or, Something was caught on fire here, you know, this negativity, you don't, I don't need that in my life, you know, so I never really tried to watch the news except for like the weather and how the traffic was in Houston, so sports were, are a, I feel like a big entertainment, you know, the UFC's back, UFC's back, that's going to be a good next couple cards they have on stake, you know, um, but shit, I've been a UFC fan for a long time. Since 2001 or 2002. When, like, the, and the reason I became a fan was the UFC, the, the video game that was out on, like, the PlayStation 2. You know? And I always heard of, like, Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock, you know, Hoist Gracie, people like them. And just, I was a fan of it. Growing up, I wasn't really a fan of like boxing, I was more of a fan of WWF or WWE as they call it now, I used to love that shit, it used to be my jam, me and my friend Zach Brown would, we would used to wrestle with pillows, like, on our, on my bed, like we would put the mattress on the ground, and just make believe like the pillows were, were actually like people, and just, we used to, we used to wrestle all fucking night until my mom at three in the morning would just come in my room and just start yelling at us to go to bed. <laughs> Shout out, ZB. Um, man, we had some good times with that. But anyway, back to uh, UFC. So, like, I started watching UFC probably 2002 or 2001 because I was living up in Pennsylvania at the time. And uh, not watching UFC because it was only pay-per-view only and I was a little kid and didn't have the money to buy it, but I would follow it, try to at least. Um... Man, and then 
in 2005, I think, 05 was it? It had to be 05, the Ultimate Fighter came out, and you actually got to watch, like, fights, that was the bee's knees, the first, first season was great, awesome, I loved it, um, then it exploded, like, out of nowhere, and the fighters, they got athletically, not athletic, but way more technical than they used to be, I feel like, so you had these guys that were in the UFC, but they were only more dominant in one type of of skill, you know, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, you had judo, not really a judo, you didn't have a judo, judo players at the time, but you had, like, Chuck Liddell, he was a kickboxer, you had Tito Ortiz, he was a wrestler, you had Ken Shamrock, he was more of, like, a shoot fighter, you know, and Hoist Gracie, he, jiu-jitsu, he was tapping people out and winning, you know, he won the first two UFCs back in 93, so, but now, now the fighters, they're so much more, uh, they're so much more evolved into just well-rounded athletes that, like, you look at, like, John Jones, you know, I'm just going to give him an example, you look at the way he, he uses distance as a way to just pick apart fighters. You look at him, he's got so long of a reach that he just picks you apart. He just, just physically just picks you apart. And he's pretty strong for his size, you know. But I know he's going through some trouble right now with the DUIs and shit, but you can't deny his greatness. You can't. Um, you look at Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time. He would he was a counter striker and his defense he set up his defense first and then when you tried to throw a punch he would bob and weave and then just fucking come at you with a flurry and he would he would just look for that one shot, that one counter shot, you know. You look at uh one of my favorite fighters of all time is I say one, but both of my favorite fighters of all time have to be the DS brothers. Just their personalities, the way they they just they just dog you with punches. You know, I remember watching Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz. That was a great fight, great fight. And Robbie, Robbie didn't know what to do with Nick Diaz because Nick Diaz was talking shit to him in the octagon, like "What, bitch?" He would just hit him and be like, "What, motherfucker?" Hit me back and. Robbie didn't have anything. And then Nick, Robbie throws a punch. And Nick counters it with a right hook. And it was beautiful. It set him on his face, you know. But I love Robbie Lawler, too. He's a bad motherfucker. Back in, like, 2010, 2011, Robbie Lawler was knocking fools out. You know. Um, Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt's another one of my favorite fighters. He, um... He knocks motherfuckers out, and you don't know if they're dead or alive. <laughs> Mark Hunt, with that Samoan power, just one punch and off goes the lights. You know, say goodnight. But um, nowadays, uh, I can't watch as many fights because they're. I feel like the UFC has. 
outgrown, not outgrown, but, like, they put on way too many fights now. So, like, back around 2012, 2013, you know, you would get maybe 12 pay-per-views a year and a couple of fights on Fox, and it was interesting. You could keep up with all the fighters, but nowadays there's so many fighters, I can't keep up with all of it. There's You would have to research it 24-7 to even keep up with who's who. And I just don't have that much time in my life. So, um, another sport like this that I love is basketball. Um, so I was, I love I love Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe. He's he's always been one of my childhood heroes. Ever since I was a little kid, and I recently I, I bought his book last night and I got through about three quarters of it I still got to finish it but the way that Kobe's mindset was the way he looked at detail and attention to detail and prepared his body and his self for each game his workouts his work ethic the way he the way he puts everything together, you can't help but not love the guy. I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't like him because, yeah, he probably took too many shots a lot of the times. He's definitely a ball hog. But at the same time, you can't deny his work ethic and his greatness. He was one of a kind human being. He, You know, and it was a sad situation when I found out he died. It was, it was just definitely heart-wrenching because if y'all don't, if y'all didn't like Kobe, you know, go watch some of the videos on YouTube of where he's just, like, some of the TED Talks he did. And that guy, he just, he, he, his mindset was so different than a lot of people in this world. And it was amazing to just listen to him and he was breaking down every detail about how he would prepare for each game he he would just break down his whole uh motto about life and that dude was he was great he's great at everything you know they asked him do you miss basketball when he retired and playing the game anymore but after he started doing his own business he's like I'm focused on this and that mentality of him to just flip a switch after playing in the NBA for more than 20 years was amazing to just to just not even like it never happened he was on to a new life pretty much you know it, 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 also, like his final game ever against the Utah Jazz, he goes out and scores 60. His final game after playing 20 years, he scores 60 points. Yeah, he probably took a lot of shots. I think he took like 50-something shots. But that doesn't matter. He scored 60 fucking points in his final game after 20 years. You, you can't deny 
he wasn't great. So, people say, oh, LeBron's great. Yeah, LeBron is, LeBron's great. He's good. But he's not, he doesn't have that killer instinct, I feel like, like Kobe or Michael. You know, I was, I watched The Last Dance, and, uh, what an awesome series that was. That was, that took me back to memory lane, watching the old clips of the Bulls and some of the stories, you know, I, I, I didn't really, uh, pay attention much back then to, um, like Dennis Rodman, but hearing like some of the shenanigans and stuff that he went through, like one day he was just at the gym and he's like, I need a break coach. I need a break. And you go to Vegas and you fly to Vegas. And they were Phil Jackson and them were like, no, you can't go to Vegas. And he was like, coach, I just need 48 hours. I'll be back in 48 hours. I promise. (laughs) Well, they let him. They let him go because Michael Jordan knew for Dennis Rodman to be great. He needed to be himself for a little bit. He needed some time off to just co-party up in Vegas and so Dennis Robin goes out to Vegas. And, of course, they all knew that he wasn't coming back in 48 hours. They knew that. <laughs> and he, he did. They had to go get him. <laughs> they had to go get him after, like, three days. So, but if y'all haven't got the chance to check that out yet, go watch The Last Dance if you're a basketball fan. Even if you're just, you're not a fan of basketball, and you want to learn more about like people that do amazing things in sports and that have that mindset of I'm going to be great and there's nothing you can do to stop me, which was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was one of the most effort. He looked so effortless playing basketball and he didn't even make it. On the varsity team until his sophomore year of high school, junior year of high school, one of those two years. The coach said, no, you're not good enough. So what did Michael Jordan do? He worked. He outworked him. He's like, if I'm not good enough now, I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to put in the dedication and the hours to go be that greatness. And that's what he did. You look at him in college, and he was fun to watch in college. I wasn't alive back then, but I, I go back and I'll watch some of the games, like the championship game. It, it, he just—he looked so smooth on the court, and his basketball IQ was out out of this world. You know. So if y'all if y'all haven't watched The Last Dance and you're tired of hearing all the negativity and stuff about the riots and the protests and COVID-19 and it's mentally draining. You can only take so much of it. So go do yourself a favor, put it on ESPN and go watch that. There's another documentary about Lance Armstrong coming out. And that one's a little different. That one I feel like is going to be good. I haven't watched it yet, but, uh, I just want to know, like, how he got away with cheating for that long and not failing any drug tests. 
you know, I want to know, okay, how did he do this? What was his routines? Yeah, hopefully they go into it. Um, you know, I, I've heard stories of him just like during the Tour de France, the Tour de France, during the tour, him just stopping in the middle of a, of a stage and getting shot up with EPO, which EPO um, basically adds, from what I understand, it adds oxygen into your blood. So you can actually go for a further distance, you know. And they say that if you, like, take it, say, like, I don't know, I'm just going to give you a time time reference. Say if you take EPO at, like, midnight, that you have to go exercise your legs and exercise your body or else you could die from it because of, like, you'll get, like, almost like uh like scuba diving um i don't know the technical term for it but when you come up from scuba diving you have to breathe a certain way or else you get gas in your lungs extra you know extra gas into your lungs and it could kill you they could get create air air pockets so i want to know how how did lance pull that off while passing every single drug test he ever took you know it's 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 um, extraordinary. I also heard you know he was a douchebag to everybody that would like even tried challenging him on that stuff. Now that's not to say that other bicycle riders weren't doping at the time because like they were. Everybody was. The top like thirty thirty um, positions in the Tour de France. We're all doping. So, in my mind, should he have been stripped of the title? Yes, he should have. But at the same time, he was still the best. He was still the best at it. You, you know, he was going to find a way. I figure, I think, in my mind, if no one took drugs, steroids, EPO, what you know, HGH, if no one took any of those... And you still had the race. Like if there was no such thing. As those chemicals to help you age your body. Lance still would have found a way to win. There's no doubt about it. Because he. Put in the work probably. He still probably put in the work. Now. I. I'm on the fence. <laughs> about steroids and sports. I feel like. I feel like, like, in one one aspect of my life, I feel like steroids should be legal because I want to see Roger Clemens in his 40s throw 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. I want to see Barry Bonds smash 600-feet home runs, you know. That, that was excitement. But at the same time, I... Understand, yeah, it's cheating. Contact sports, I feel like, are a little bit different because that clearly gives you an advantage over people. Like, um, when they made uh, TRT legal, which is like testosterone replacement therapy, when they made that legal, 
in the UFC for a few years when they give like some they grandfathered in some um some fighters to actually be able to take it. Those fighters that were taking it, they they were something else. Vitor Belfort, he was in his late thirties, you know, maybe even early forties, and he had a resurgence. He was knocking people out like he was in his 20s again. It, it was exciting to watch. But the other the other side of it is that's a contact sport, I feel like. So it definitely gave him an advantage. So, but like, you can't. You got to pick one side or the other, you know. Yes, steroids are bad in one way. Meaning if you abuse them, a lot of bad shit could happen to you. You just look at, like, the um, the situation with, uh, I don't want to say this, but, like, Crispin Wally wrestler that, that he uh, he murdered his family. He was on a lot of steroids, but also he could have been suffering from CTE. You know, CTE is very, very more aware nowadays. People are actually testing for it. And back then, in football in general, if you got concussed, you know, you didn't tell anybody about it. You didn't you didn't say anything because you wanted to play, so they they allowed you back on the field. Nowadays, if even anybody thinks you're concussed, especially in the NFL or college, they take you out the game immediately. Immediately, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So it's uh, it's definitely prevalent. You know, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, like, the exact terms and stuff. But when you get hit in the head, especially, especially, like, football, because you're wearing a helmet and padding, you can just go all out. You know, if, if y'all ever watch rugby, they, some of them get hit pretty hard, but it's a different way of tackling. With With football, you have this, like, almost like an armored suit on and you can just full out just boom just blast somebody with your fucking helmet <laughs> and it you you definitely are going to be feeling the effects more of that you know I don't know what it's made of the football helmet but there's some metal in there so everyone's saying oh the rules of football are being changed to create more offense Yes, they are, um, but that just means that the defenses are going to have to find better schemes. You know, some of the rules are dumb, I feel like, in um, football, like some of the, the newer rules that they imposed. I don't like, um, I don't like the new kickoff rules. And I understand why they did it, because... Uh, they they move the ball forward a little bit. So now, like every kickoff is is a touchback. So you you don't 
you rarely see those awesome fucking kick returns. Like when Devin Hester, when Devin Hester was on the Bears and he would return a kickoff, it was exciting to watch because every time they kicked him the ball, he had a shot at just taking it to the end zone. Every single time. So nowadays you don't you don't see that hardly anymore. You don't see anybody running it back after the kickoff. Um I liked seeing like when when uh when the Saints won the Super Bowl in 09, Reggie Bush had quite a few kickoff return for touchdowns. Punt returns too. This is exciting to watch. So now with, with the kickoff being moved forward, it just it kinda took that out of the equation a little bit, I feel like. Um as far as targeting goes, or not target well, it's targeting in college football, but if you want to call it that, in the NFL, same thing, kinda like hitting a diff- defenseless receiver. Some of them are some of them are warranted. Some of them are. That's for that's for sure. But they shouldn't it's hard to judge I guess huh because you can't really if you're going to call it on one play you might as well call it on every play so I guess that's what they're doing but some of them you watch and you're like man that wouldn't that's kind of a bullshit call that shouldn't have been called right there um roughing the passer is definitely that penalty has definitely gotten out of fucking whack that penalty is is definitely called way too much now, and in my opinion, it it shouldn't be called as frequent. Even if you touch the quarterback or you breathe on them, they're throwing a flag nowadays, and that's that kind of changes the game a lot because that's a pretty big penalty. You know, it's a fifteen yard penalty. So I feel like I mean, also though I. Uh, it's hard to say because the NFL, they they want Tom Brady in every game. They want Drew Brees in every game. They want Aaron Rodgers in every game. That's what sells tickets. So if you look at it from that standpoint of view, yeah, you have to protect your players. You know, the NBA, they want LeBron James every single night. They want You want Anthony Davis there every single night. So... I understand their their viewing of that saying you got to protect the players. You do. But football is fucking football, guys. Football is football. Sometimes the quarterbacks need to be fucking hit. <laughs> you know. Let's be real. I, like most of you, have gone on YouTube and type NFL hardest hits and just watch the videos. Some of them are pretty fucking brutal. That's what you're there for. You know, I feel like nowadays you can't even, you can't even touch a quarterback or a cornerback on the defense can't even try to guard the receiver within 
You can only touch a re- you mean to tell me you can only touch a receiver within one yard of the line of scrimmage? Do you know how fast receivers are nowadays? Good luck trying to get to them. Anything after that, it's a penalty. Which is kind of dumb. In my book. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't be able to, like, knock them over and just hit them. But if they're going to push off you with their hands, the receivers meaning, if they're going to push off the, the cornerback with their hands to get a step ahead, why can't why can't the, the cornerback fight back from that, you know? That's what I feel like. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Saints fan and we got fucked on that pass interference call. Because, let's be real, <laughs> that was a messed up call. I am happy that they uh, they changed that rule a little bit. It still almost messed us up in a couple games this year. Because even if it's on the field, if it's not called, you can't challenge it because of the way the rules are set up. You can, if, if the pass interference penalty was not called, you, you can't really challenge it and say, oh, that should be a flag. That's, in my book, that's kind of dumb because that's still at the referee's discretion. If they fuck up the call, it, the call's still not right. I think baseball, I know it's not a contact sport really, but baseball has a pretty good replay, you know, system for their you know their actual calls because the manager can call out anything and I think I think football you should be able to do that you know um basketball is uh basketball has gotten a lot softer as far as the defenses you can't hand check anymore and if you watch some of the 80s and 90s footage of basketball, even in the early 2000s, the defenses were, were pretty pretty good back then. I'm not saying, like, yeah, you should be able to, like, go to 88 Detroit Pistons, you know, with Bill Lambeer. Just every time you try driving in the paint, just getting smashed by Bill Lambeer every week. No, I shouldn't. I don't. I don't think that, but... You should let them play a little. They should let them play a little bit. You know. Give them some leeway. Because. Everything now is about offense. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy. A great offensive game. I do. But. As a sports fan. Great defenses. They win championships. There's something about someone attacking attacking you on offense and you just shutting them down. That's it's it's there's something about like say for instance like the two thousand Ravens. That defense was scary. Scary. And I'm not even gonna say this now. Um yeah. They 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 got us on a bounty gate in two thousand nine with the Saints. Rightfully so. <laughs> but that defense was scary too. 
the yeah, they 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 took some they took some unnecessary shots especially on Brett Favre and Kurt Water they took a lot of unnecessary shots Adam the defense did but that defense won on the Super Bowl Tracy Porter with the interception won on that Super Bowl you know Ray Lewis with the 2000 Ravens won on that Super Bowl you know, you go back even to the 90s. You look at the Giants when they had LT. You look at the 85 Bears. That The defense dictated the pace of the game. They were basically almost playing offense. Meaning, you weren't going to score. They were there to prove, hey, I'm not letting you do shit to me. I'm shutting you down no matter what. And I think a lot of that in today's NFL and NBA is is missing. Yeah. So, I don't know how you fix it because I don't think you can because the sports have evolved. Meaning, everyone wants to see Hell, I even want to see. I, I like when Steph Curry, Steph Curry goes off for 15, 16 threes in a game. Or Clay Thompson scores. We got a new pitcher now. Can they can they score a run? Can they not? You know, I, I like defensive bat. I was bored, so that's still a little 